All right, welcome to Old School Jank Uger, Jesus Godoy, Mark Thompson with you guys. The Edge with Mark Thompson, everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, iHeartRadio, check out his show on KGO in San Francisco. Uh, look at that, I always forget until the very last minute. I did it in the beginning there. All Thank right, you, Jank, uh, on what? behalf of America. Thank you. Yeah, so one of the topics we're gonna talk about tonight is, are you a racist if you watch baseball? By the way, these two do, these two do, I don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, what made you think of that, just because I was on or what? No, no, it actually had nothing to do with you. I was hoping to ambush Ben with this. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, because he's right, I'm ready, I can be the Ben. Okay, uh, so we'll come back to that topic in a second. Of course, uh, Old School brought to you by Two Strong Coffee. They've got uh, wonderful uh, Father's Day uh, packages now, like 40 bucks off, 60 bucks off. Go nuts, twostrongcoffee.com slash TYT. Now, is it true uh, that uh, you don't really love your dad if you don't get him a Father's Day package from Two Strong Coffee? <laughs> mm, I don't know. Good People point. Good point. Okay. I gotta start dropping that on the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, I mean, is it is it true that you think your dad is weak if you don't get him too strong coffee? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. People are asking, right? We can go the Alex <laughs> Jones uh, way too. Like, well, I mean, I guess it's okay if your penis doesn't grow in size, but okay, okay. <laughs> uh, he literally does that scam. <laughs> Anyways, too strong coffee. He has a he has a he penis say- for the whole body. Enlargement yeah. thing, uh, Alex Jones does. Yeah, he he did a segment where he uh, was like, "Oh, your penis is half the size of your dad's, and your kid's penis is half the size of oh, yours." Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that over. <laughs> but what was he attributing that to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it the alien slash <laughs> space lasers or whatever he does? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then of course right afterwards he does an ad for it. Oh, this is the thing that'll give you vitality in the penis area. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That guy was a visitor at a little the White House. That guy was a visitor at the White House with diamond and silk, and then a bunch of other people that you may know. I don't. I mean, you know their names perhaps because they're you know internet trolls who have shows or whatever. Absolute insanity, man. It's just crazy. You he think hasn't about gone that. bankrupt yet. People are still contributing to him. It's it's unbelievable. No, I know he's that's... selling like teas and stuff like that that are going to change your life, but Jesus Christ, when does this stop? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, that's what we try to figure out. Like, like, he made 165 million in three years just from his shop. Like, right? So the thugs at shoptyt.com been trying to figure out how he did that this whole time, right? And uh, it turns out the answer is scare the bejesus out of people that their junk is gonna get shorter if they don't buy your miracle shakes and all it's the like um, late night TV ads. It's it's amazing that you know those those have been around for as long as they have, and you remember seeing all this stuff. And it's always obviously I'm always watching baseball, and you always see those TV ads of, yeah, are you dealing with erectile dysfunction? Are you can't sleep? You need a boner? It's like nonstop, <laughs> and it's like okay, guys, chill out. <laughs> Is that the way to go to sleep? Really, if you get a boner? Like, <laughs> you know, they're like everything. They're combining everything. Like, here's all your solutions into this one pill. Or was it the deep state that did it? <laughs> yeah. Hurry up and buy twostrongcoffee.com, otherwise your penis will shrink. <laughs> 165 million is what he made selling that and other kind of whatever remedies and other stuff he sells on his website. 165 million. Yeah, just in three years. And then when uh, he has to now pay all the families, right? So all of a sudden, of course, he moved all the money 
and then declared all of her all of his companies bankrupt. Oh. oh, gee, I wonder if that has something to do with the lawsuit and hiding your money. I, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that, that really, I mean, I, I, you know, you're the lawyer, ish. I wonder if you can tell us <laughs> how that's legal. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, I like the, my new show coming out soon, uh, lawyerish, yeah. uh, <laughs> where I give bad yes. legal advice. Because right. I was a lawyer for only nine months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a great answer. Better call People come to you just reminds me of that. <laughs> with different legal predicaments, and you go, "I'm sorry, we didn't cover that on my nine months." So moving on. Yeah. 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 What, uh, yeah. yeah. But so 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 tell me whether what, that is legal though. What he did. Yes and no. So uh, first of all, I'm back on lawyerish to show. Oh, sorry. Where ninety percent of my advice is like, dude, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google it. Yeah, back let's, yeah, let's do Google it together. <laughs> come on, come on, let's do what is a murder <laughs> charge. How do you beat it? Okay. <laughs> okay. So no, you can move your money to other companies. You can't move your money to other companies if you're trying to uh, make sure that you hide it from your creditors, uh, including people who won lawsuits against you. So no, of course, that part is totally illegal. Uh, we don't know that he's done that. His companies might have gone bankrupt all at the same time as he was uh, now concerned that he has to pay those judgments. Uh, so we don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, but um, and ultimately the IRS can't figure all that out. You know, the IRS doesn't have the manpower money probably to even but it's not on. even an IRS I mean it might be an IRS issue among others but I, I it does you know hey this sort of makes a good point when he suggests so what uh, the question what agency of government or and I should presume it's government or what what agency period is involved in checking out whether you know you've uh, moved money to avoid a legal judgment that can't be mm -hmm. legal you know I mean no. um, it's not. Yeah. It's not legal. So look. Uh, so you're all right. Uh, the the way that it's got to get tracked down in this case is uh, the Sandy Hook family attorneys are really really good. So they're not going to be like, oh, I guess he moved the money. Oh well, right? <laughs> no, they're going to pursue him hopefully to the end of the earth on that, and as well they should. So uh, it's yet another state, legal judgment just need to get that money that you. Received in the first legal judgment after, so it's 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 yeah. it's insane. And, and really isn't is in the Sandy Hook lawyer also representing the the Ovaldi families as well? Kind of already opening those lawsuits. I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'll, I'll look it up. Look at Jesus uh, knowing the news better than us. Hey, um, I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> oh yeah, why, I don't. Why know. Don't you know? <laughs> no, uh, you know why? Because it's time for lawyerish. I don't know. You look it up. <laughs> All right, guys. Hold on, guys. <laughs> um, so here's what I'm not part of: big legal. Uh, yeah. If anything, I'm part of Shao Shao legal. Uh, tiny, tiny amount of legal. Okay. So, um, but Jesus is right that if you left it to the government, that's how rich people get away with everything. They're just like, oh yeah, I moved. Uh, no, uh, you'll have to find my shell company and then uh, then find the shell company I moved the money to after that, etc. And the government gives up 98% of the time because they don't want to uh, like go after rich people anyway. Uh, and so, like, if he was just like didn't have opposing counsel, oh, he would 
definitely get away with it. And Almost what, any rich person would have, get away. Have with any it. of you ever, either of you, been audited by the IRS? Like, have you? It's like we we did years ago, and and it was such a pain in the ass to you know remedy it and go to the office, be on hold. It's such a pain. So hey, Seuss, ixnay on the audit day. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding around. I'm kidding around. No, being audited is a giant pain in the ass. Oh my god! Like, imagine, like, why can't they audit this guy? Like, there's must be some avenue to prosecute this guy. And I don't know. I think it's so much fun. You go in, you meet all those new people you never knew. They're all working for the government. <laughs> you know, you get a chance to kind of chat with them. They seem pretty happy. Uh, the person who audited me was a lovely lady. Uh, it was in San Francisco. I went in with a shoebox full of receipts and a bunch of good stories. And she went through line by line, and it was essentially just ruling some stuff in, ruling some stuff out. And I was out of there in um, in an afternoon. I was a simpler time then, to be fair. I didn't have much money, and I wasn't making much money, and it was just kind of one of those things. But um, in general, if you can avoid going to the IRS yourself in person, I think it's a good good thing to do. You probably cover that on lawyerish. Uh, yeah. You don't want to go in person. <laughs> It's season two. several episodes. Season two. <laughs> it, was, it's a, it was a three-parter on, mm. on audits. Uh, <laughs> so no, hey, Sus, things have gotten so professional now. Uh, we're such masks now. We audit ourselves. Oh. Uh, it's like punching yourself in the face. No, when when you run a company this size, you hire professional auditors. Oh, okay, right. that's why our accountant's always on me. About yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still not used to it, but I've been a lot better about stuff like that. But it, I, I always thought, what Dave can't do it all, <laughs> isn't he? Oh. All HR. Oh yeah, the old yeah. days. The old days. Well, he Dave was for a lot. bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, we pay people to be a pain in our ass. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Uh, <laughs> well, well, yeah. How about that? That three dollar parking. Uh, uh, take it there or uh, receipt there, Mr. Uger. What's that about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, I shows like, where do I put this hundred sixty-five thousand dollars? I moved it and I moved it again. I moved it on. Like nobody's tracking. Dave. Dave yeah. used to back in the Dave. Dave used to have a little lockbox under his desk where he'd have petty cash for in case we needed something for like a reimbursement for parking, and then he'd just leave the keys right next to it. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Was all days. Those are simpler times. Yeah. You're all like, all right, here's my six bucks, and I need a couple stamps, and uh, all right, I'm out. <laughs> when was the, you know, it's 20 years, right? 20 years, TYT. Uh, and it's such a tough time to build something that you built. I really can, and I happen to be lucky enough to be on tonight with two of the guys who built it, which is really cool. There are only, what, maybe five people who built it. I mean, at the beginning, I'm talking about. Yeah. Obviously, it takes uh, you know a tremendous amount of support, and you've got great response from audience and anyway, uh, contributors, et cetera. But what I was going to say is, uh, I just um, I just remember how uh, down home the whole thing was, how uh, homegrown it all seemed at mm -hmm. the very beginning. You know, it was really it was charming, and yet there was a fire. I mean, Jenk still has that fire, and I think there are others in, at TYT who still have that fire as well. You know, fire to make change, fire to bring attention to important issues. These are all things that you know uh, you can feel 
must be done, but you know, with a passion and emotion and the energy required to build what TYT is, I give you so much credit. But, uh, but I just recall how uh, it used to be, as I say, very homegrown. So here's my question. So uh, looking back at the 20 years, you know, uh, when from the very beginning, and I, at that time there was like, weren't you the first show on YouTube? I think. I mean, I, I, or close to it. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, my question is, when did it get to that point where, from what what Jesus is talking about, which is the uh, you know the petty cash thing with the with yeah. everything's under Kohler's desk, to the point you're talking about, Jenk, where you need to hire auditors to sort of make sure that you know all the I's are dotted and T's are our T's are crossed. What what would do you recall the how many years in that was? Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, it's a very specific answer. So first, to say a bunch of things here on the issues you brought up. So we were not the first show on YouTube. We were the first partner for YouTube. So when and which was fairly early on. So when they decided that they were going to start putting ads in and sharing the revenue with the channels, we were the first to sign on. So we were the first partner officially for YouTube ever. Number one. Um, and we're the longest running show in internet history, which is kind of badass. Um, so, and Jesus, what did Mad the movie Mad as Hell? Did we, were you employee number two or three, or what do we say in that movie? I want to say three, but I think so. Yeah, it's I'm like me, sure. Ben, and then Jesus. We put before Dave because Dave went on an extended vacation in Bolivia, <laughs> so Jesus jumped his spot and all that stuff. Um, so it's 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 been a minute, <laughs> to yeah, say the least. Insane, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll come back to the yeah. concept of Madison in a second. Uh, but uh, Mark, to to answer your question, uh, so much ado is made about the the twenty million that we took back in twenty seventeen as an investment, right? Uh, and so people have got tons of conspiracy theories on that, and then they. Conflate it with the the money we took from the Romers earlier. That was four, and then and the Romers we paid back already. But they're like, no, they were Republicans. And they and then Hillary Clinton and and Soros at some point. Right? Say, of I'm course, Soros, Soros and all that, right? That's it's automatic now. I don't even look at his checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, here's George again. Whatever. Okay, yeah, put it in He knows. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we joke about it now, but uh, cue the New York Times taking it out of context and pretend we were serious. <laughs> um, anyways, right. no, we've never gotten a dime from Soros. Yes, the Romans were Republicans, but yes, they want to get money out of politics. Yes, it was a loan. Yes, we returned it. Uh, anyways, but when you take it on the industrial size, and I've totally said this many times, 20 million to any person sounds like a tremendous amount of money, but we are massively outgunned in the industry. Uh, so other competitors have taken 135 million, 200 million, 400 million, 2 billion, right? So we, and that's Vice, and we took literally 1% of the money Vice has had. And right now we have more video views than they do. So I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying. Um, so, so in the context of business, it was not a big investment, but it was big enough to bring in professional auditors, et cetera. It's not, we're not auditing for fun. Right, <laughs> because right. people want to make sure everything is on the up and up, and that makes perfect sense. So, anytime right. you're going to take new money, industrial money, etc., you got to get audited. 
but Alex Jones doesn't have to deal with any of that because it's just snake oil incorporated, right? Sure, and, sure. Yeah, he, he's more. Uh, He's more Trumpian from that standpoint, really. A small business is just him and whoever is in his inner circle, and that's it. That's all Trump, you know, Trump Inc., Trump Industries has ever been. It's been him and you know, and the family, and then those who he's like um, Weisselberg, et cetera. You know what I mean? Who who are all, you know, paid off loyalists. So you doesn't you don't have to. Uh, really worry about like answering to a board of directors, let's say, or that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah like yes, r real business have boards, etc. Trump's was a joke from day one. I mean, the the actual rich of New York thought Trump was a huckster. Uh, that's because he is a huckster, uh, and he he ran a really small shop. Now, again, in the context of business, you see, Jesus, his dad left him four hundred thirteen million dollars. That can't be small. Well, in the context of New York real estate and New York finance, yeah, that's small. And besides which, he didn't have the 413 for long. After <laughs> six bankruptcies, he had almost nothing left until Jeff Zucker and NBC rebuilt him. Thank you so much, Jeff. We appreciate that uh, through Apprentice. And they gave him another $400 million, and he blew that $400 million. It, Democrats, don't, all right, don't get me started. <laughs> All right. I told you the story, Jank, that to the guy who bought The Apprentice for NBC is running NBC. There's Zucker, and then there's another guy right uh, under him who's really doing all the programming. Uh, he was a very good friend of mine. Stayed at my house uh, when he was doing a, a game show for Columbia, and uh, um, so he. Uh, so I called him and I said, I can't believe you. You know, he said, I can't believe you've given Donald Trump a primetime show. He says, I didn't buy the show for Trump. He said, Trump's a joke. Um, but I bought the show for Mark Burnett. Mark Burnett will make the show slick and make it. And of course, the answer was uh, indeed just that, that Mark Burnett did. As you say, Mark Burnett varnished Trump's image and then made the show compelling to watch and dramatic and it created a monster. Yeah, I, I'm look, it's a private conversation off the record. So I'm not allowed to talk about it much uh, or at all. Uh, I can only vaguely refer to it. I know another senior executive at NBC that worked on the show. Everybody thinks that Trump's a clown. Clownorama. I mean, they had. <laughs> but like I mean, everybody. I mean, it seems like they knew that from the '80s, and the guy keep failing up. And obviously, that's a larger conversation. You know what I mean? But well, before the election, Jesus, you know, there was a huge piece in the New Yorker. I mean, most pieces in the New Yorker are pretty huge, but I mean, really a. A drill down on just what we're talking about: the fact that Trump was a, a fraud, and the um, the image of Trump created through The Apprentice was a total, totally imagined. I mean, it was completely artistic license with the you know capital A, capital L. And so uh, it, the information, my point is, is, is out there, was out there. That's prior to the election. Was that piece in the New Yorker? I remember reading it. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's just that the media got momentum behind Trump, and, uh, and and well, yeah, I know you guys have dissected it, you know, every which way. But I mean, I do think the media—they're more than co-conspirators, almost, in in his rise to power. No, no, billion percent. But on the other hand, honestly, media is co-conspirators in every terrible thing that has happened to this country, mm. um, and so that's the real story. The, the fact that the media lied to you and propped up this guy who was a, what every person who has ever dealt with him thinks is a giant buffoon. 
I mean, on top of being a liar and a narcissist and a sociopath, which are not disadvantages in the Republican Party, those are all huge advantages. And I'm not even joking. That's Republicans are like, please lie to me. Please tell me I'm superior to black people and Latinos. I need it. I need it so bad. Okay, uh, let alone a thousand other lies that they love. And they love that he's a sick man who attacks uh, people on the other side, etc. But the part they wouldn't love is the one part Democrats refuse to talk about. He's such a loser, total and utter loser. I mean, before the election, are you kidding me? We literally did in 2016, we literally did a hundred segments called Loser Donald. And every day was totally different. 100 different stories of things he has bungled. He is one of the most legendary losers in American history. And then after losing in 2020 and crying and trying to do a coup and a bloody riot and all that stuff, he is, he's literally the biggest loser in American history. And yet the media presented him as this incredible businessman. And you're right, Mark Burnett is a genius in TV. And, and that's why they bought the show, it had nothing to do with Donald Trump. But Mark Burnett, who by the way is a right winger, uh, who took Donald Trump and took a guy who is couldn't manage his way out of a wet paper bag, one of the dumbest people you'll ever meet in your life, and made him seem like he was some sort of business genius. And every producer that works on that show, they know how many times they had to shoot the scenes because Donald couldn't remember the simplest goddamn lines. Donald, you're fired, remember? Remember? Okay, <laughs> take seven. Take the seven. <laughs> right? So, but that's at least that was entertainment. Right, and entertainment is fiction to some degree. I mean, that was a reality he, show, but he we took all get to a whole other level, obviously. And you know, he he really just it went on steroids. It seems like yes, we were on that track with mass media and communication and the newspapers being very right right leaning. Then he's just like you guys are saying, like it just popped the lid off, and now it's like. It's been what six yeah, years since he's right, been in the conversation. Right, you can't put the lid back on. But I mean, yeah, and, was, what, what, and it's. And he, like you're saying, he lost two years ago. He's still in the conversation. Right, he's spoken. <laughs> and you still see viable. people are like, well, yeah, he kind of changed everything. Yeah, not not for the good of anybody but himself. <laughs> like, it's no, but Jesus, I'll tell you, that's the one thing that I understand about Republican voters, and I and I get it, and I I even mildly respect it. Like. It's the bumper sticker I often talk about in 2016. And I don't know if the person who added this on their car was a right wing, left wing, or anything, but it said, like, it was like a political bumper sticker and it said, Meteor 2016. Like, yeah. you know, like Trump 2016. Now, in that case, they weren't referring to Trump, it was just generic. And the reason they had that bumper sticker was, damn them, damn them all to hell. I don't care. I just want someone to destroy this corrupt system. So when Trump came along, they're like, there it is, the <laughs> meteor, a flaming orange meteor, right? And so the right wing, like their instinct that the media is lying to them, that politics is full of, uh, you know, crooks and criminals and con men. That's all true. <laughs> okay, they just then went and were like, oh yeah, why don't we find an even bigger con man to steal even more money from us? Jesus Christ, like, that's a really why? good point, Jenks making because there was a. A sense, even on the part of independent voters or those who are perhaps Democrats, but frustrated, that I'm just looking for somebody to shake up the snow globe type thing. I mean, you always, you know, this is the guy. He's going to go in there. He's an outsider. He's going to shake. 
I love all the all the deficits were played as positives. You know what I mean? That he's an outsider. He doesn't know how Washington workers. No, that's yeah. a good thing. He doesn't know how Washington works. So you know what? He doesn't read briefings. Well, that's a good thing. That he doesn't. Read. He's not bogged down by the by the American intelligence community. That's already you know blah blah blah. But you know, it's interesting that the first thing that Jenk was talking about, which is, I was just reflecting on the fraud that was Donald Trump, the creation of this guy from the total fraud. It would be like another show that was um, a quote reality show and is still on, and was another personality that exploded onto the American scene in the world of restaurants. Now this guy is a legit serious chef and restaurant guy, but Gordon Ramsay, if he were someone, if I told you, you know, Gordon Ramsay doesn't even know how to cook. I mean, he couldn't boil an egg if you wanted to. I mean, everything's done by it's that would be the level of fraud that we saw with Trump. We can sit him in a boardroom. We can, as Jenk says, you know, they create the impression that he's this really smart guy, but he can't even remember his lines. It's like as though Gordon Ramsay wouldn't even know how to preheat an oven. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's it, it, it's that total level of of lie. It's remarkable to think of how successful it was but and continues to like, be. It's sad that that it's people are that ignorant or that shut off from reality that they can't see through that. And that's the more glaring part that you're like the clown, both of the clowns coming out. He's got the red nose, like Jay says, and and and, and people are giving him his banana. <laughs> you're like, but it's not a cult. And it's not nothing there. Like they have independent thought and everything. But it's it's just, you know, I have kids. I know, you know, Jake. It's just sad that you're like, oh, Jesus. Like, I mean, you got to break it down to your kid, you know, when the time's right, the the moment in history and what we went through and kind of what we saw, some things you never thought you'd see. And it's it's just sad that you're going backwards and you're like, like. Yeah, you're having to repair damage for the generation you'd hope we would have evolved. Yeah, and who knows how long yeah. this is going to, like, the ripple's going to be who knows how many years. And. It's you guys just, don't have like the progressive uh, flashcards that you go through for your kids, <laughs> like uh, the, the Lawrence Lawrence Lawrence. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So listen, I, let me get through a couple points real quick on this, and then let's try to get off of it. Uh, so, uh, the Gordon Ramsay cooking show is a good one. Mark is an example. It's almost as if I like, like if I did like a legal show, we called it like lawyerish. <laughs> <laughs> No, but honestly, like I'm way better lawyer having done it for nine months than Donald Trump as a as a businessman because I never Just sank any life, law maybe. firms. <laughs> like he in sank general, six different life. law firms, yeah. right? And you know, it's one thing when they did it for a BS reality show and it was in the entertainment category, but it was different when Jeff Zucker did it at CNN when Trump was running for office and sort of Les Moonves at CBS and then said, hey, we're all making great money from Trump. Who cares, right? He might be bad for the country, but he's good for business. Moonves literally said that. But to be fair to Moonves, that's what all the TV executives, news executives thought. Who cares about what's true or not true and whether this guy would destroy the country? We're all making a lot of money from this, which is, by the way, exactly what they say about corruption. Because, hey, money in politics, it's obviously the biggest issue in politics, yet they never ever covered why. Because literally 6 billion, 8 billion, 12 billion per election cycle goes to who? The media companies. And that's, they've got literally billions of reasons to never tell you about money in politics. 
So that's how everybody got hoodwinked. That's the news media is 10,000 times worse and more deceptive than anything in entertainment. So I mean, to the point about Manchin, again, I don't wanna get too deep into it, but with the Washington Post story today about how Manchin got his feelings hurt and that's why he didn't do Build Back Better. And in a giant long story, they never once mentioned Manchin's donors or his coal company. No. You don't think Manchin that's relevant is, at Manchin, all? Manchin at is all? so massively You're a reporter, corrupt. you don't think that's relevant <laughs> at all. Get the F out of here, man. Well, the other thing that's not mentioned, I mean, alongside Manchin, then we can move on, is that even knowing, as the Democrats do, I mean, they're not stupid. I mean, it's not, uh, they get it. He is a completely corrupt politician uh, in all the ways that you've detailed on TYT, uh, along the, you know, with the uh, selling the dirty coal and selling, I mean, it's, uh, it's an utterly corrupt, manifestly corrupt setup that he has going. And it extends to his daughter, all, all that sort of thing. But uh, Democrats still need him. You can't afford to, you know, to lose him. You need that D, don't you? No. Uh, so I have a completely different strategy, and uh, but I don't want I don't want to make it too political. So we'll do it another time. In fact, all right. I, I'm anxious to hear it though. Anxious yeah, to hear it. You don't need mention at all. You need to break him as an example. Okay. Uh, and you, but it requires patience. People think like, well, how are you gonna get him to vote there, uh, vote the right way tomorrow? You're not gonna get him to vote the right way tomorrow. No, you politically speaking, not physically, I wanna be super clear. Politically speaking, you break both of his kneecaps and then you put him in the public square and have him cry for hours and hours, okay? So that you set an example, do not mess with us because this is what you're gonna look like. Then he flips over to Republican, but you pick up four more Senate seats this time around because people saw you fighting for child tax credit, paid family leave, lower drug prices, all these things that they love. Instead, they didn't see Democrats fighting for any of that. They saw the Democrats promise that and then lie to them. So that's all because they didn't fight Manchin. So instead of picking up four Senate seats and making an example out of someone who destroyed your agenda, you're going to enable him, which is exactly what they did. Now everybody's gonna defy your agenda, especially if they're on the corporate side, and you're gonna lose Senate seats. This is how the Democrats bungle in the long run, which leads to my final point on the political stuff. Um, look, man, one day, this is what I dream about the most. And in a sense, I hope it never happens. I don't want Donald Trump anywhere near American politics. He should be tried for insurrection. He should be convicted and he should never be able to run for office again. That Green Bay sweep that they did with the fake electors is clear insurrection. God damn it, put him away already, you cowards. But but if I were to be involved in a president campaign against Donald Trump, oh, that would be a dream come true. <laughs> because then we get to see, am I full of crap? Or would I just eviscerate this guy and just take out his innards one by one, politically, 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 and show it to him in his face and go, here. This is what you look like, okay? And and just humiliate him. Because Democrats haven't run a strong campaign in my lifetime. All I got is Dukakis in a tank, right? And back then I was a Republican, why? Because I was a little kid and I saw the Democrats look so weak. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Dukakis, Mondale, one weakling after another. I don't know, I think the Republicans are mainly right. 
Well, what was an 18-year-old kid supposed to think when the other side tells you the Republicans are mainly right, right? So I one day, one day, whether it's me or someone else, I don't mean me as in me being the candidate, I'm saying me being involved in a campaign uh, one way or another. But somebody has to rip their face off already, Jesus Christ. Well, man. what you need is someone who mm. has that fire and is articulate in the face of, uh, of, of cameras. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, you need a Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders is the only guy on any debate stage in any conversation who could have gone toe to toe with Donald Trump, no problem. And with a populist message that would have been well received. Again, uh, you need uh, candidates like that, you know, and competent candidates who are also clean, meaning you know have histories that can't be exploited by Oppo research, etc., and who also have that what you're talking about, that jank thing where you can get impassioned but not lose the audience in some ugly way and speak the populist message the way Bernie Sanders did in a in an across the fence style. That's not easy to come by. You know, so you need to fight the cult of personality, and that's what uh, Trump has with your own personality, with your own cult, your your own person who has that personality, your own candidate who has that kind of personality. So we can move on, but I, I, if they're not, they don't grow on trees, Jack. They don't. Right. And last last thing, it's just it's frustrating because it feels like you're just inching towards that change, and you just get exhausted. You're just exhausted of the same circular talk. And we have elections here tomorrow, and it feels like everybody that I've spoken to, friends, family, nobody's really interested or are are convinced that their vote is going to impact the election. They're like, it, it, that's the hardest part: the 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 extremely slow pace that it's all happening, and it seems like the more destructive side of the conversation moves at a much faster pace, and that's the disheartening part. God damn it, Aces, you're dragging me back. I know, in I know, that's what I'm saying. Sorry, sorry. Style. But no, now you made it, now you done uh, did it, okay? I done so, did it. <laughs> so I, I, I'm considering not voting uh, for, you know, a real Democrat in, in oh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So Karen Bass is the leading Democrat in the race. I, I just can't get myself to vote for her. And mm-hmm. and it's not because it's incremental, it's that I know I I know with great certainty that Democrats will do nothing. Nothing. It would be it would be shocking. It would literally be the most surprising thing that has happened in my political life if Karen Bass won and did something. Like so homelessness and crime in, in LA is totally out of control. God damn it, they're pushing us towards Republicans or indifference, right? Mm-hmm. So Caruso in LA is technically not a Republican, he's a Republican. Yep. He's a Republican real estate developer, billionaire pretending to be a Democrat. And people are like, did you know he's gonna rob us? Of course, of course <laughs> I know he's gonna rob us. He's a Republican billionaire. who's Part of the homelessness problem in LA is because of Republican real estate billionaires. We all know that, but let me guys, let me ask you this, without telling me how you're gonna vote. And I still haven't decided it's tomorrow. And I can't get myself to vote for Caruso and I can't get myself to vote for Bass. And that's the sixth state of the Democratic Party. Jesus, what are your friends and family saying? Are they gonna like, again, not naming names and stuff, but are they like, what do they say about Bass? Do they know about Bass? Are they gonna vote, not vote? Nothing specific. It's very much like, I don't know who to vote for. It's very much like, I. I think I'm a vote and I must go with the Democrat that I see the most ads about. 
But overall, it's very much a like, I don't really have a choice or it's very, you know, it's very much a toss up that it's like you're going to get whatever candidate ends up winning, you're going to be disappointed anyway. So it, it feels like a pointless election. This 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 cycle, I, I did my part in the sense of, all right, I'm, I did my votes for for governor, mayor, and all that stuff, and, and and all the other stuff. I did Green Party, you know, public defenders, the judges. I feel that those at least you feel that the people who are you know um, running for those positions, you feel they they might have a better impact on the local politics. But at least I I, I know on the bigger bigger side it seems like it's all going to just be democrat um you know taking the same the same position so it's yeah well let me say one quick thing about that uh i am going to vote for a green party in one of the races that's for sure yeah me too okay. i did i went green yeah, party too because <laughs> you vote democrat you know you're getting big old bagel like absolute positive inaction so and then now People say, well, hey, wait a minute, isn't that hypocritical? You tell people not to vote for, please, please, I'm begging you to use your normal judgment, human judgment, okay? It depends, it depends on the circumstances, right? You go 80 miles per hour, I don't know, are you on a 15 mile per hour road or are you on a highway? Is your wife delivering or is she not delivering? It, everything in life depends, right? So if you're gonna throw the election to Donald Trump and you know the only two people that can win are Donald Trump or the Democrat, then I would counsel you not to vote for a Green Party candidate. But if you're in LA and you know the Democrats are useless and we're in the primary stage and it's top two advances, mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter what party they're in, then of course vote Green Party if you like the Green Party candidate. It's come on, guys, it's so obvious. This when you it's in two part it, when you have a system where the top two vote getters advance in the primary to the general election, not regardless of party. Then you have no reason not to vote for a third party, no reason at all. And that's why I like this system. A lot of people don't like it in California, but I, uh, but I do. Here, I'm going to tell you guys. I mean, there's I don't know how many people live in my district. Probably almost none. But and and I just studied this over the last couple of days, so um, I have to look up the guy I'm going to vote for. Uh, but I know his name is Hank, and I was like, but well, that looks like my name. Uh, <laughs> that's not why I'm voting for him. Okay. <laughs> It sounds like how it's my name is mispronounced. God, the California elections are the worst. They throw so many th stupid things at you. Okay, here we go. Oh, and I'm gonna write in somebody. Oh, here it is. Uh, oh no, it's U.S. Senator. Yeah, yeah. No, because uh, Padilla is gonna win, right? So he's the sitting U.S. Senator. It's like it's rigged. It's not rigged as in the voting. It's rigged as in the media and everyone has already declared him the winner. So nobody has any chance. But for US Senate, I'm gonna vote for James Hank Kahn. I read his platform, he's against money in politics, he's he's for $25 minimum wage, he's Green Party. Let's go get him, Hank. Okay. It's H-E-N-K and it's in quotes. So that's why it sounds exactly like how some people mispronounce my name. But it's not me. You can actually vote for him. Uh, and and if Hank and Padilla advance to the general, hey, great, we got a Democrat and a Green Party guy in the, in the general for United States Senate. That would be awesome. So, um, you know, I think you should think about changing your name to Hank. Uh, I think uh, maybe it'd <laughs> be a little less confusion. You wouldn't seem as much of an outsider for politics alone, Jank. I'm not saying you need to do it legally. I'm just suggesting that uh, maybe let's take a lesson from this Hank guy. You know, even if it, he doesn't win, he may have actually. 
passed along a little strategy for you moving forward politically. Yeah, you, you know, uh, I, every Democrat and everyone in media would tell me, no, you gotta vote for uh, Padilla. Uh, you know, he uh, since he's gone in there, he supported Democratic leadership, and he's uh, actually voted every time. Like that's the case they make. Like I hear Alex Padilla is like two percent progressive, and then like we're supposed to be excited about that. I've literally not heard one word about Alex. I covered national politics with a microscope. I have not heard one word about Alex Padilla since he's become senator. You know why? Because Democrats, as soon as they win, they go into the witness protection program. They're like, what? <laughs> fight against Republicans. <laughs> fight for the Democratic agenda. <laughs> Do that. So Padilla has been hiding in a cave. How do I, why would I vote for a guy who's been hiding in a cave? So unless I'm forced to because he's running against a fascist, which might be the general election. But let's hope the Green Party guy wins. Go Hank. Um, so. Anyways, uh, back, uh, Mark, I didn't get to you. So, in your circles, is everybody's like, yeah, Bass? Oh, yeah. Or people are going, I don't know, maybe Caruso uh, makes something else. I'll tell you, I mean, I'll tell you, it runs to, together, Caruso. You know, here's the thing I've maintained this for quite some time, ever since the, the issue of homelessness and crime have been front burner concerns of most voters. Same is true in the Bay Area as in Southern California, a lot of major cities, uh, New York as well, Chicago, et cetera, all the major cities. I, uh, I've maintained that Democrats and progressives even can run on those platforms that are associated with their respective wings of the party and on strong law and order, on cleaning up the streets. Uh, I get it. It's a, it's a, there, there's other stuff people are concerned with. But if you don't address the two areas of major concern to people, homelessness and crime on the streets, then you're really missing the thing that is most important to people. So uh, in that spirit, I'm seeing from more and more people that that message is getting through. And who is really hammering that message? Caruso. In Los Angeles, the the Republican. It's I'm going to clean up the streets. I work with the police commission. I know how to get the, the these homeless encampments cleaned up. There's a there's a sense that the Democrats uh, are feckless and are essentially just going to uh, hold serve. You know, they're not going to actually make any changes. And so I hear a lot of support for Caruso. I mean, I, I, I think it's like you know. Almost like a, I don't mean with all respect, I mean, I think it's a little like a evil developer in a Batman movie. I mean, it seems so obvious. And then, you know, the rise to power of the the guy who's the developer and who's, you know, promised to clean up Gotham City. It, it all feels just a little almost hacked to me, but he's super wealthy. He's been able to get his name out there. And I use him just as one example. It's not the only race going on. As we just heard, there's hammering Hank. And um, and in Jenks uh, <laughs> district, but I I I make the point because a progressives Democrats, you need to learn independence. You need to learn to positively scream that message of cleaning up the streets, homelessness and crime. It's what is affects every strata of society, and it is a uh, it's a problem in major. Look, the New York mayor won his race just that way, you know. 
Uh, it can be done and still honor the other precepts of, of the Democratic Party, if that's your thing, or of the progressivism, if that's your thing. Yeah, not doing anything about crime and homelessness is not the progressive position. Okay, the, the progressive position is to be smart and reasonable, where we get people off the streets and don't allow like meth heads to go around and assault people and then put them right back on the street. But at the same time, we don't do it by kicking the crap out of them and, and just putting them in prison. We do it in a humane way and, and we bring them to rehab, but it's not optional. Like, sorry, they, they just, the, the activists that say, Oh, somebody has a mental health problem. We can't communicate with them. Somebody's super high on this lethal meth stuff that they're taking, and they're going through a psychotic, paranoid delusion. Oh, we should give them an option. <laughs> you're missing it. You're, you're. We can't even communicate with them. This is not a thing where it's like, hey, I'm taking away the guy's freedom when he has all of his mental capacities. And but you don't have to do with cops, and you don't. Have, I mean, you need cops present, but you don't have to go in there and, and assault them or move them to different places. Why can't people be reasonable? Right? It's maddening. Well, so, I mean, for the uh, the conversation though, Jank is less nuanced, and it can't unfortunately afford a lot of nuance. And as most things, as you've just suggested, there are complexities and nuance about this this issue. Like when you say. They need to be, you know, they need to be forced into a program. It's not an optional thing. Uh, they need to be picked up and brought to these programs. There are now ways, instruments in California to do that, for example. But you say, I don't want the cops involved. I want, I mean, and so the minute you say that, I go, oh, you don't want the cops involved. Well, what do you want? You want a, you want a specialized, I'm presuming, a specialized arm of. Uh, law enforcement, mental health, and uh, drug enforcement community to go out and try to handle it in a more humane way or not? Is that's not what you're saying? So let, let me explain the difference between my position and Karen Bass's position, uh, and so it'll be crystal clear. So I would do forced rehab. So a lot of activists would be opposed to that, uh, but your options are either leave them in the street, which doesn't help them at all, and it doesn't help anybody else, or send them to prison. Why would you send them to prison? It doesn't make any sense, right? And so when you talk about forced rehab, would I go in there with the cops and just taser them like the Caruso and the Republicans would probably do? No, I would go in with mental health professionals with cops in the background. Well, that's because what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because if you can't, if you don't have the cops, what if the guy's going through a paranoid delusion? And right, you need the cops there, but you don't have to go to tasering in step one. You don't have to go to batons, right? You can go with mental health professionals who have dealt with these type of issues and have them assess and go through the right process. You can do that quickly if you put more resources into it. And yes, you've got to build those centers. And they always say like, oh, the activists say nobody wants to go to the shelters. And then the Republicans say shove everybody into the shelters. Crazy idea, why don't we make the shelters more safe? They're like, yeah, it's true, shelters right now are a disaster, right? Why do they have to be a disaster? It's like this, this thing like prisons. Oh, well, obviously, if you go to prison, a minor charge or not, you're going to be raped. Why? Why do we? Why do we tolerate that? That's insane. Why don't we build it a prison where we don't allow for rape? I mean, is this is complicated. Why don't just, we build just, shelters for I the mean, homeless but, that aren't that don't allow everyone to get robbed and assaulted on a nightly basis? It just takes a little bit more cash. 
among, among the things that uh, pro produce the resistance to come into one of these diversion centers or, or uh, houses of, uh, that you describe, I mean, where, uh, it's a treatment program. Among the things that provide the resistance, first of all, is that it's a, you know, obviously it's a drug free place. And oftentimes those, there is this huge gray area, Jenk, people who have not yet been uh, in any way committed to some program but are living on the street okay they're uh, and they want to maintain what they feel is some usable level of drugs you know it's that their maintenance level of drugs also they have animals they have dogs they have cats whatever usually it's dogs and that many of these programs won't let you keep your dog and by the way dogs can be a helpful as you're aware uh, a way for someone to get off of any number of uh, of things that might be uh, producing this sort of activity. I mean, the behavior. I mean, the dependence. Yeah. In other words, yeah. uh, so so all I would say is, all of these things are impediments sometimes to getting people off the street, out of homeless encampments, and into these diversion programs or other shelters for these homeless. They people. are. And I, if I was me, I would bulldoze them. And not everybody would be happy with my bulldozing. But so here's how I would bulldoze. I said, look, we're building kettles. Okay. Well, that's going to cost more money, and somebody's got to take care of those dogs and stuff. Yeah, okay. So no, it makes sense. I don't want them to lose their dogs. Oftentimes, that is super, super helpful to them in recovery, et cetera, et cetera. Well, well, the kettles are going to cost us, you know, if we build all of them in these different shelters, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, or maybe even seven hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. Okay, fine, build them. I'm done with it. Okay. And then secondly, oh. I'd like to do a little bit of meth uh, on the streets and I don't want to get off. Mm, sad day. No, get in the shelters. Okay. It is what it is. No, yeah, I, if you want to do but, a little bit of meth, figure out a better way. Do, uh, what do you do with the recidivism rate that can be so, uh, such a blight on these kinds of programs? So people who they went through the program and then they go back out in the street, they reoffend. This is what's driving voters to the right. Mm -hmm. uh, this is why I'm mentioning it, Jenk. This is yeah, the but stuff there's that, guys, yeah. they'll always. There's always the same set of possibilities. And the, the left always winds up in the camp of do nothing, which is Karen Bass, which I'll get to in a second. And the right is always like, uh, beat the crap out of them. <laughs> no, it's got <laughs> to be in the middle. It's got to be in the middle. We don't have a choice. And no one's ever in the middle. It's, that's what drives me nuts. So that leads me to Karen Bass, okay? Um, they asked her about homelessness in an interview with Steve Lopez at, in the LA Times. It was very important. In fact, Ben sent this to me because he's voting for Karen Bass. He said, I will read this, right? Now, as it turns out, it doesn't matter. Don't blame Ben. I'd already read it, just coincidentally, okay? And I never read the LA Times. I did research. I'm like, she's got to have an actual homelessness plan. And I looked at our website and it and looks like she does and it's long and all this stuff. Then I read this and I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't vote for her. So they ask her, what are you going to do about homelessness? Or Lopez does. And Bass says, quote, I don't think I have necessarily big ideas. <laughs> yeah, way, way to lead with your best stuff. Yeah, <laughs> saving the best for last year. Yeah. <laughs> and then here, I'll read you the rest of the paragraph. Bass if she would have been better off if she'd done the Trump thing, which is I have a secret plan. I have and the best will plan. clean up the city in a I week. I have the best plan, you gotta go with that. <laughs> the best plan, yeah. right. And, you know, and, she, and then she eventually said, oh, I'm gonna build enough uh, housing for 15,000 homeless people. I don't believe her. And then Crusoe's like 30,000. If I was her, I would be like, 
45,000. <laughs> Who cares? Also, You're making up numbers. Why yeah, are you at a lower number than too. Caruso? So that, that's a big, for me, it's like, oh, you're so pro-police too. <laughs> it's like, um. I know Caruso's so pro-police and that's not gonna worry yeah. you. Anyway, she, but here's the rest of the paragraph from Lopez in the LA Times. But she had no trouble spelling out in depth how she wants to put her compassion, outrage, legislative know-how and connections to work not just to reduce homelessness, but to end it. Okay, you're not gonna end homelessness. Yeah, that's rhetoric, that's just rhetoric. Yeah, and, and reduce, and using your connections, those are the same sons of bitches that didn't fix it in the first place. And mm -hmm. and your know-how, no democratic know-how on fixing problems. I mean, what this is a giant neon sign saying, don't vote for me, don't vote for me. Well, and the sadder part of this, Cenk, is, and I know we got to wrap up, but the sadder, I know, I, I just with my last 30 seconds, the sadder part of this <laughs> is that there were alternatives. Now, they may have not have been major alternatives that you would have been happy with, but it's there is quite the slate of people running for mayor. But as usual, this goes back to money in politics. You And it also goes back to the, the machine that is the, the Democratic Party. You end up with you know, Karen Bass because of just those things that I mentioned, that because uh, because of money and the machine, and you know it's just very tough. But uh, it, it is clear that there were alternatives if you just identified. Uh, so I'm I'm saddened by the fact that we end up in the same place where it's sort of like uh, I don't know, one mm -hmm. person who won't make a difference and the other person who's gonna you know. Uh, Super last yeah. thing because I gotta read this to you later in this same LA Times article. Uh, Bass said she'd worked with the county to create the, the clinics that never materialized after mental hospitals closed. Quote, this is Karen Bass's quote. There's a big chunk of land in Palmdale and maybe we could create a village out there. Maybe. She said, maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> what am I running for mayor? I don't know, I sat down for a really, really important interview with the LA Times with a writer that apparently everybody reads. I go with a single idea. I went to the interview and I was like, maybe we'll build a village out in Palmdale. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It's on the board. Maybe. No, I'm not <laughs> voting for her. No way. She just told me not to vote for her. I, I'll consider her another Democrat. I don't know what I'm going to do. But she just told me that she has no idea and doesn't even want to bother figuring it out. There are, just, by the way, other viable Democratic choices on there. You don't have to vote for her if you're a Democrat. Yeah. Just to remind everybody, LA has a long list. That's right, you could vote for other Democrats, don't worry about it. Uh, at the end, she says, don't worry though, quote, I can pick up the phone and call Javier Becerra. He's in the Biden administration. He's in health and human services. You can call <laughs> Javier Becerra for what? Congrats, <laughs> I can pick up the phone and call Mark Thompson. You do it anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways, we're massively over time and we never even got to why baseball is racist. Okay, <laughs> okay, hold on. We got a whole other episode for the <laughs> members. And it's not that baseball is racist. It's not even watching baseball being racist, but he's putting baseball on potentially racist. That absurd conversation in the next episode, which is just for members, tyt.com slash join to become a member. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, just hit that join button below. We didn't mean to keep the topic to the next episode, but welcome <laughs> to old school. That's what happens every time. And I'll read some viewer comments and some wonderful folks just joined on YouTube, uh, like Hanley uh, Boninge, Mafia Gaming, Hiram Bifidum, uh, Kobe Green. We got Kobe's, we got everything, okay? All of you, come on, 
tyt.com slash join. We'll see you over there. We'll talk about baseball and other fun stuff. Hammer and Hank. All right, back on old school. Jenk, Jesus Gador, Mark Thompson with you. The Edge with Mark Thompson and also KGO on iHeartRadio where he's got a whole daily show. You'll love that. One more for you guys. From time to time, Mark goes on a local LA show here that's actually very popular. It might be the most popular talk show in the country, actually, John and Ken. And and get you, Mark, do you know who catches you on John and Ken? <laughs> Who's that? Anna. Uh, oh. And she says that not only does she like your appearances there, she doesn't agree with John and Ken uh, most of the time, but she's like, yeah, it's kind of a fun show. Yeah, they are really good. They're they're probably the best. Uh, it's probably the best show on that station, even though I disagree with seventy five percent of of what they say. It, it's not quite as uh, art like if you watch Hannity or. Whatever their whatever his name is, uh, Tucker Carlson. It's like having your head held underwater. I mean, I can't even watch it for <laughs> you know thirty seconds. I'm gasping for air. Okay, they're not quite that bad, and, and they're more entertaining. I would think so. Uh, it might be the way to put it. So, yeah, no, no, it's it's a good point. I mean, like professionally, I have to watch clips of Hannity, Tucker, Laura Ingram, etc. And you're right. It's at about the 30, 30 35 second mark. You feel like you're being waterboarded. You're like, get the water out of my mouth. <laughs> right? Like when Tucker's like, now they, they, they never, they never tell you this, but isn't it interesting that Latinos <laughs> are in league with Satan? Like, wait, how did, when did we agree to that? We didn't agree to that. Wait, why is that stated as a fact? <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting too is that uh, it's sort of viewed within the mainstream broadcasty type community that. Uh, MSNBC is kind of the yang to the uh, yin of uh, of Fox News Channel, but the re but I've never heard on any of these shows uh, any of the hosts like literally calling even Trump wasn't called names by the hosts. You know what I mean? It was you know uh, it, 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 so it, it just it's just jarring when you when you hear that I, I, in that environment. I'm more uh, am accustomed to. It being like a a real uh, bald face type situation when I'm watching TYT that I know then I'm going to get an unfiltered sort of thing. But I'm so used to the sharp edges being taken off of mainstream media like MSNBC or whatever. I mean, they're not the equivalent of Fox News Channel. They're as you detail occasionally on TYT. They're Sometimes they're actually espousing those things that you might see on Fox News. They're mainstream media. All the sharp edges are taken off. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, if Fox News is yin, you should see my yang. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're a yang, and it ain't yeah. on MSNBC, man. They ain't got yeah, no yang at all. Only, but just yeah, that's right. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Fox News burns down the Democratic House, calls them pedophiles, and all this crazy exactly. shit, <laughs> yeah. right? And MSNBC's like, well, I do declare. I mean, Dick Cheney's generally right. Like, oh my god, oh my god, it's like it's well, waterboarding of a different sort, right? Right. You don't have to host so welcome our guest, Lynn Cheney. Of course, is broken with the rest of the Republican Party. That's considered <laughs> like really yeah. rebellious, like a rebellious. Yeah. Well, that January 6th committee. Let's go to Adam Schiff now, who joins us. Uh, that again. That's what they're doing. 
Uh, not saying it's completely without value, but I'm just, uh, but uh, meanwhile, as you say, Fox News Channel is, is throwing heat. You only get heat on, I think, uh, I mean, TYT throws the heat while also sort of not completely selling out to some position. So that's, I mean. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> There's no reason why you can't get passionate about reasonable things. Right. Like people think like, oh, you're if you're reasonable, you have to be quiet. If you're passionate, you have to be an idiot. <laughs> why not both? Okay, <laughs> again, why does it have to be some weirdo extreme, right? So, all right, let me read a couple comments because uh, people were, were nice and I like the comments. And then and then finally baseball. Fine flavor corn pop says, oh, damn, Jesus, no long time, uh, uh, long time no see. So I like that. Um, uh, we were all looking forward to seeing Jesus again and here he is. Yeah. Right. Uh, come when did he shave the beard? When did you get rid of the beard? Just like a week ago, actually. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so it's you like look, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a handsome dude under that beard. Who knew? Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah. 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 Getting yeah. tempted to start dyeing the beard. It comes out so white now. Oh, it's, it's just, wild. you're like, oh. Doesn't yeah. seem like it's you, does it? Yeah. yeah. Man, you were a kid. You were a kid yeah. when you first came here, man. You were interning out of college. Eesh, now yeah. you're thinking about dyeing your beard. <laughs> 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 Who would have thought? <laughs> I mean, look at me, look at me, right? I'm the I one know, talking, right? right? <laughs> anyway, I somebody said like something nice the other day that I didn't earn, like uh, like it's like a Clooney pepper, salt and pepper hair, salt whatever. Pepper look, yeah, yeah, it's more like the um, the head of the newspaper on Spider Man. I don't know what his name is, but you know the oh, guy, yeah, yeah, it was the like. Guy, yeah. Like oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the totally white hair on the sides, that which is not as flattering a, a compliment, uh, not a compliment, but uh, but I'm the one who came up with that one. Anyways, text Dan writes in least shocking thing ever. Mark Thompson charmed the pants off the IRS auditor. <laughs> so true, so true. IRS auditor's like, fine. Your shoebox looks amazing. <laughs> I love your voice. <laughs> I still had to write a check. Yeah, no, I uh, okay. Well, it happens. <laughs> uh, to more of the 905Dragon said, Mark Thompson is the best sounding laugh of TYT, just my opinion. No, not just your opinion, everyone agrees. <laughs> uh, on Twitch, Little Mac McGee wrote in, man, I haven't been around uh, for an old school in forever. Looking forward to this. These are my favorite. Thank you, brother. Uh, Ford8044 says, Mark still has that damn voice. Uh, and then Mary Animal uh, adds on top, I would buy literally any book. That Mark did the audiobook for his voice is like butter. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, that nice. And, and, and what's crazy is that you know I grew up in LA, and, and you know, tell me 2002, I'd eventually be able to work or have you know a conversation with Mark Thompson, the weather guy um, that that I'd see every morning on Good Day LA. I wouldn't have believed it. No, that's very cool. Well, that's <laughs> you know, nice. so that's kind of crazy. I even tell friends of mine that you know they, you know, you obviously had a a mark on a, a mark on local news and, and stuff like that for a generation. <laughs> I think people still remember that voice, man. It's crazy. It is yeah. wild how people uh, will recognize the voice. Sometimes I was just literally on a call yesterday about the car, and it was a service thing. I said, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your help on this. He said, hi, no, man, I used to watch you all the time. It's really great to help you out. Like I, it was- I'm just said, on the, that's awesome. You said, yeah. I just, you said I recognize your voice, aren't you Mark Thompson? It was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's really great. I mean, that's also a good ear, people who, you know, you know, have that kind of tune. But 
Hey, look, this is a this is a high water mark. I'm not kidding. I love doing TYT. It's always been uh, a great way to get out of just that very narrow lane I was in. Just and doing even the weather. when we were doing our current days, and you you pull the plugs and, and bring in what was the the, the blondes on um, the uh, Dorothy Lucy? Oh, Dorothy Lucy, that's and, right. And the other ones, I'm like, oh snap, like it's Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dorothy's sharp. She knows politics. She yeah, follows yeah. politics, but they have her doing entertainment or had her doing entertainment right. there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, some people have an ear, man. Uh, I'll be in line, and somebody like like four people behind me or in front of me will be like, "Is that Jenk?" And they're like, "Oh my god, yeah, that's you." And they'll recognize. It happens all the time. Recognize me just from my voice. Uh, if they heard you, they'd be like four blocks away. They'd be like, that's Mark Thompson. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, and you're ranting in line about the mainstream media. It probably tips people off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, no. But look, I, I told this story before, but and I just saw a political poll, which I'll add to this story. Um, it turns out the number one place that people still get their news by a landslide is local television news. Mm -hmm. And I have to confess that I was kind of shocked by that, but uh, but it turns it's not even close. Like, um, anyways, so when I, I was campaigning, a bunch of the TYT folks came and helped out, who were just friends. Like Edwin came by and canvassed with me, and and Ben and Michael and stuff. And then, but when Mark came, it was amazing. Like, those. Do you remember the two right wingers who lost their minds and were like, "Demar Thompson, Demar <laughs> Thompson." That like, I remember. That was quite extraordinary because they were That's total awesome. right wingers, but we had them voting for Jank by the end of the conversation. Mm. Yeah, not, not we. They were. Yeah. They saw me. They knew who I was. They laughed at me and said, "Oh, no way, we're voting for you, man." And then, I mean, this is very literal, okay? And then they see Mark. They're like, "Wait, dog, is that Mark Thompson?" They're like, dude, that's <laughs> Mark Thompson. Like that, and then by the end they're like, oh yeah, of course I'll vote for you, man. And for a time you did cops, didn't you? So some other people across the the, the country would recognize your voice. I did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of cop stuff. A lot of anything with uh, police pursuits, uh, police pursuits, police yeah. shootouts, police uh, standoffs. Uh, I did a show called Most Shocking. I did a show called Top Twenty Most Shocking. All those shows <laughs> ran a lot, and. Um, and look, I did a show called Busted on the Job. These long form narrations added a lot of, and you're right. Over time, you do that much primetime narration, people begin to know your voice. I'm really flattered and you guys are really nice. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you. So thanks mm -hmm. to everybody who knows uh, who the F I am, because uh, you know, uh, it, it's not like I'm some huge star or something, but it is weird how that little niche uh, yeah. was significant enough that you know some people recognize you just on your voice, so it's wild. Yeah, I mean, it was a shame that cops and those shows got taken off the air because of the <laughs> hashtag defund Mark Thompson uh, yeah. campaign on yeah. social media. Yeah, it's usually know. it's how so much of my life ends, really. <laughs> my dreams die like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I don't know if you saw this, Mark. You know, did you know that uh, Anna got into a huge national fight with weathermen across no. country? Oh, yeah. Washington Post wrote an editorial about it. It became with a thing. Like, Will you send yeah. me that? Send me, send me the link or send me a. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll, or I'll Google. I'll Google it. Never mind. I know you're a very busy, man. I'll Google it. No, it's no problem <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right. That's for next old school. That's for all next right. Um, so, uh, all right. Finally, baseball. Okay. 
Um, By the way, before you get to baseball, I have to tell you, when I was a weather guy, <laughs> <laughs> one last thing. They, the, I mean, it was really a. This will give you a sense of a newsroom work. There was rain expected, and it wasn't a lot of rain that was expected. And this is in Southern California. And, and I remember going to the producer and going, you know, what? Uh, so, what do you need? Uh, well, I said, I've got you off the top, is what he said. So, get out there and scare the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know about local news. Get out there and scare the hell out of them. All right. That's by the way, though. I mean, kidding aside, that is local news 101. Yeah. Every sort of mm -hmm. fire, car chase, criminal, uh, rain in LA. That's rain like the in LA yeah. for three Panic days time. before it comes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a serial killer in a block next to you, but first rain. <laughs> and and Jesus, to your point, brother. I mean, if you told me when you and I were in my living room, hey, well, at one point you're gonna hire Dan Rather to work for this network. Oh, right, right, right. wow, right. Damn. Even yeah. I would have said, get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> well, when he says like, uh, and he's saying your name, you know what I mean? Well, Jenk, it's a pleasure to be here at the table. He's got that. Mm. That yeah. broadcast voice that was the you know the, the last word of the CBS Evening News for many many years, and he's talking about TYT. It's it's wild, yeah. It's really. Oh, exciting. you need to get Mufasa on the show, and then you got like the trifecta of the voices, legendary oh, voices. Mm. <laughs> What's his name? Er Earl. He did Darth Vader too. Yeah, yeah. Earl. I Earl always Thompson? confuse him with the serial killer these days. Not the serial killer, the guy who killed uh, theoretically <laughs> killed MLK, but didn't actually. Uh, who James Earl Jones? Is that his? That's James. James Earl Jones. Earl Jones uh, Darth Vader. Uh, yeah. And Mufasa. Yeah. Uh, oh, because it was, yeah. it was James Earl Ray who killed MLK. Yeah, yeah. Killed MLK. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. So, anyways, all right. Um, all right. Now, racism in baseball or something? Yeah. Jake, what no, is so here's the wanna, deal, right? Yeah. Yesterday, uh, Golden State uh, Boston playoff game is on. Game two. And uh, and this is the NBA Finals, and it's hot, and those are two interesting teams. And I'm watching it at this uh, bar that I was at. Then uh, game's still going on, but it's fourth quarter, it's a blowout, so I left. And I go, uh, I'm walking by another bar, and they got the baseball game on, some rando baseball game, right? I don't think I don't even think it was the Dodgers. Um, and I'm like, hmm. I'm like, is it? Are you almost making a statement by putting baseball on when the NBA Finals are on? And what does that statement mean, right? Like, because if you're a bar and you're trying to attract people, or you're like a restaurant or whatever, you're trying to attract people, you, I mean, the NBA Finals is way more popular than a rando baseball game in the middle of the season. And I'm like, is that almost like a statement? Like, no, no, it's okay. We're for white people. Uh, and and then I thought, well, no, not really. And especially in LA, where so many of the baseball fans are Latino, right? Uh, and then I thought, but if they put the hockey game on, <laughs> wait, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. So you say the game was already at the end, though it was already a blowout. <laughs> no, no, I know, but it like 
It, no, Hastings they, is right, Jake. You're seeing everything through the prism of racism in this yeah. particular scenario. So and it woke, just doesn't. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> the breadcrumbs just don't go back to that. I'm sorry. The the game was a blowout. Otherwise, they would have had it on in the next bar nah. or the next place. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, everybody was watching it at the other places. So. Yeah. It was still like the beginning of the fourth quarter. No, they had a baseball game on. Well, the beginning of the fourth quarter. They're racist, and I need you to stop defending them. Otherwise, you're all suspended. You should record it next time. Put your phone, like bring your phone out, and then ask the bartender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have Karen them. I should have done that. Yeah, you have managed. I'd like to know why you have the baseball game on when they have a No, 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 the Karen thing is. Oh, so you're racist? Is that the reason you have the bet? You got to lead right with the heat, man. Yeah, you got no warm up immediately. Yeah. Yeah, no sliders. Just give them the right. fastball right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're a bunch of racists? Is that the reason you have this game? Yeah, on? hold on. And there's oh, NBA oh, finals, oh. but you have the baseball game on. It's not even a local <laughs> game. You bunch of racists. Who's your racist <laughs> boss who told you to do that? It's like that's where you have to go. That you're definitely you gonna even, pin the yeah, meter. Like you scare them so much that they'll be like, okay, we'll put the basketball game back on. <laughs> <laughs> it was they're like whispering to each other, but it was a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, but these days, who knows, man, progressives are like living uh, sometimes some of them seem like they're trying to copy the stereotype they saw in Tucker Carlson. They're like, wait, are we supposed to be super unreasonable? All right, let's do that. You're like, right. no, don't do that. Right. But um, but is it a statement of any sort if a bar during the NBA Finals has a hockey game on instead? No, it's the it's the it's the Stanley Cup final thing too, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I don't follow hockey, right? I mean, I mean uh, would you? Uh, neither yeah. do I. I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would totally say that if I That's walked a, into a bar and they had a golf tournament on. I'm like they're super racist here. Why would they have golf here? Like who, I just think they're maybe toned up. I don't go right to racism, but I, I understand what you're saying. I did. I made the <laughs> point that you're making in a different way. Let me just share it with you real quick. I was saying to my buddy who I was watching the NBA playoffs with, look at the demographic that they clearly feel is watching the basketball game based on the spots that are running. Yep. Watch the commercials that are running. Okay, black people, black people, black people in spots. Okay. Uh, yes, a lot of them are athletes, or some of them are athletes, but then those even involving uh, others, they're just rando actors who are black people. Great. But then flip over to golf, and I promise you, you won't see that. That's because the demographic they're hitting isn't as, the, the racial mix is different. And so they literally gear the spots to target the racial mix. And similarly with baseball, which is somewhere, you know, maybe more in the mm -hmm. middle. But you really notice it when you watch the NBA finals, you know? And yeah. I always think what it must have been like for decades in this country to, as a black person, just watch nothing but white people in spots, in commercials. They grew up in nothing but white <laughs> people. It's like, it's, it's, I mean, the reverse racism or whatever you want to call it or the actual racism associated with it, it's just, uh, it's overwhelming. It's, it's insane. So it's really probably why I notice that there's so many black faces in a lot of these commercials because I grew up and there were no black faces. And I remember when they started integrating, it was it was more representative, you know, a, a, a but that's how you can tell, Jenk. Watch mm -hmm. those spots, NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, golf. 
and it tells you all you need to know about the consistency of the audience. Yeah, 100%. They don't even allow Asians in hockey ads. Like, nope, <laughs> nope, not white enough. Start moving along, moving along. All the, all the spots during baseball games is modelo time. <laughs> modelo oh, light. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or tecate light. <laughs> but it's true, like, right? And they, and they they sprinkle in like a Del Taco or a Taco Bell, and then I'm like, nah. <laughs> you ain't pulling me, homie. Know enough? Try again. Well, you can tell so mm -hmm. much about any show on television, on broadcast television, based on the spots that run. If you watch that Fox News Channel stuff. It's all that senior citizen stuff about how you, I don't even know what they it's are. It's all the, daytime the, TV. Yeah. yeah, motorized handicap wheelchairs and all of the, you know, all mm -hmm. the stuff that appeals to seniors. Uh, similarly, you know, uh, movies run in, you know, in sports that tend to appeal to younger people sometimes. So, uh, or, or shows that appeal to younger demographics. So it, yeah, it's just such a reflection. It's a, such a clean reflection of the audience. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, you guys all know it already, but that's definitely, definitely, definitely not a coincidence. They plan it, they're perfectly aware of it. They're trying to hit their demos as they would call them. And and the Fox News audience at this point, and this is stunning. And now they're over the age of 70 on average, on average, I think it's 72. And so there's as many people over the age of 72 as under the age of 72 that watch Fox News. But somehow they control the national dialogue 100% broadcasting to 72 year olds. And and to your point, like when I watch Fox News, if it gets to the commercials, they're like, "Have you shit in your pants lately?" Well, we got the you know underwear, diapers for you, right? And they're like, "Have you had not have, have you not had an erection in two decades?" Boy, have we got the thing for you, okay? And it's like, and if you're worried that the Latinos are going to take over, get gold. It can even survive Latinos. Invest yeah. in gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I feel like can you go back to pooping your pants? I would like to hear more about that. <laughs> <laughs> but even like, who's buying spots on Fox News during the day? Like, who's who's like, you know, like you guys are saying, it's all those commercials. Um, but it feels like the only one still holding on to relevant ads is sports. So I feel those are at least more targeted. <laughs> The I reason that sports those. does so well, of course, yeah. is that you generally watch it in real time. And now with time shifting, it's just very hard to find anywhere if you're an advertiser where you can put stuff and people are watching it in real time. I mean, uh, honestly, it's so uh, it, the integrated nature of um, of sponsors or other supporters uh, of TYT. It's a great thing because you give them a moment within the show. I mean, that's a very that's that's really rarefied air, you know what I mean? That's hard to get. Where somebody in the middle of, you know, somebody who you watch and respect says, "Hey, such and such, we want to, you know, shout out to to such." That's a big deal. Otherwise, people just spin through commercials, and as a result, sports has great cachet because you're watching it in real time, typically. Mm -hmm. That's that's a good point, Mark. And I was thinking about that point as I was drinking my too strong coffee. <laughs> <laughs> slash tyt. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Right there. Right. Yeah. There it is. There. Boom. Okay. Join the Javolution. Oh, I like that. I hadn't seen that before. All right. Uh. So. When's the uh, last baseball game either of you been to? I know Jank. Remember a few years ago, you got invited to do like a, like I don't know if it was MLB Network related that we got to tag along with you, but 
I don't know if you either one of you have been to a game. I know pandemic times have been a little different, but are you no, guys? So, so two, two two quick things here. First, Jesus nailed it on the commercials. Like the reason why you said you see real commercials on sports uh, on TV is because the rest of the TV audience has gotten so old for all of the shows that that's why they're doing all the depends and you know and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to take this in case your kidney exploded in the middle of the night. And but remember, it's going to give you permanent diarrhea and hair loss. And <laughs> but you'll have an erection for four hours, though. So right? Be good. Yeah, you'll have an erection for four hours and then never again. But watch the next commercial, <laughs> and they'll tell you how to regain it and all that stuff. But in sports, since the demographics are younger, they do quote unquote real commercials, which is for mm-hmm. the general population. Right, 25 to 54, etc. Um, and and that's why sports gets so much more money is because younger people watch and and it's immediate and it's live, so they got to watch the commercials as they're watching the show live. So that's all your background on on why you see the commercials that you do. Uh, last baseball game I went to was probably with you in that in that whatever that thing was. We got invited by some sponsor or something. I don't know. And um, and so, how long ago was that? Five years, seven I'm years? Five, six years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. the last one I went to. And by the way, not only the last one I went to, the last one that I watched at all. I haven't watched a minute of baseball since then. No, man. Yeah, I'm born in LA, so you kind of have to watch every single Dodger game. You know, I've been with my wife a long time, and she still isn't used to it. <laughs> so. Yeah, we. No, so I went to a ball game to uh, baseball at home. At least. Yeah, I went to a ball game just last year. I went to the Dodgers uh, Giants. Uh, it was that series in San Francisco, actually. Nice. Um, Dodgers won that series, but yeah, I think baseball is a great kind of leisurely uh, a game to watch. I think it's a great spectator sport. Uh, hockey's a tremendous uh, a spectator sport for just the other reason. It's it's high octane, man. It's the puck is in action all the time. Now I don't understand hockey, like icing and stuff. I, I don't think it's that complicated. But I've never really understood. But I I love being at a hockey game. It's just to me, it's just mm-hmm. there's so much going on all the time. But I know no one watches hockey. The the numbers on hockey are really low. Yeah. So look, guys. I mean, every sport other than football and baseball is in a lot of trouble. So I mean, hockey got to a point where it was just embarrassing. It was like, oh, they. It, I remember reading a couple of articles where it was like, oh, they had 13 year old ballet on ESPN Ocho and it beat the hockey playoffs. And you're like, oh, and then you just had to start taking them off. Even the playoffs are like, I yeah, don't even air it, man. Put it on the radio or something. Nobody can see the puck anyway. It'll be the same thing. That's, uh, that's what's so <laughs> tough. It's tough to, to watch hockey not being in the arena. It's much harder. Although now with, with the high def and, you know, with, uh, 4K or whatever. it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit easier. But Jenk, I have to. I didn't interrupt, but now that I already interrupted, let me just continue interrupting to say, uh, <laughs> you know, soccer is is really on the ascent. So I think you can't write off that sport when you say that football and baseball are big. Baseball is actually on the descent. Fewer people yeah. are watching yeah. it, and I think the NBA has new life too. I think that <clears throat> there are sports that are are doing okay. Obviously nothing can touch football, but I think that uh, it, it's not as though if it's only football, it, only fo- football's in a class by itself. But as I say, baseball and soccer particularly, I, I think are on their way. You know, I definitely believe what he's saying about soccer and basketball being the most dominant in you know attracting a new generation. Obviously baseball is, is 
not for everybody, I get that. Um, and I feel football now, I think a lot of people are or at least having second thoughts about putting their kids in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with all its, you know, proven results and everything. And I'd probably be one of them <laughs> if yeah, I had a choice. Yeah, let me be clear about a bunch of things. So, number one, I've never seen the puck, not once. Uh, so, but now that you mentioned, are you sure you're going to a hockey game? But, but it's a good point about 4K. I, I just out of intellectual curiosity, I want to look at a hockey game on TV now and see if I can see it. And you know, that's like the the line that everybody says, and then the hockey fans are always mad. They're like, that's just not true. Of course, you can see the puck. And I swear to God, I've watched a couple of games for like solid 10, 15 minute stretches. This was a long time ago. And I'm like this, like, I'm trying to see it. I'm not trying to not see it. I'm trying to see it. And I just can't fucking see it, right? So, but in 4K, it's worth trying again, but it's just a fun intellectual exercise. I totally agree with you, Michael. Michael, that's funny. I got Michael wow. sure in the mind because he loves hockey. Yeah, uh, yeah sure for congress.com. It doesn't matter. If you live in Culver City <laughs> in that area, vote for Michael tomorrow. If you don't, it's too late. Uh, okay. So, anyways, um, but uh, but Mark, uh, you're right. All those like years where there was the potential that I could watch hockey, I knew that it's not that complicated. I could learn what icing is, right? It'd take about a minute and maybe three minutes to learn all the rules, and I never did. I never did, right? Isn't yeah. that amazing? When yeah. you both, we had the same reaction. Nah, not gonna bother. Okay. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I, I almost, get, you know, I used to do back in the old days of where you go in to audition for voiceovers. Um, now you just, uh, you know, you know, you do it in your home and you send out, send it out, but uh, to the to the agency. But it used to be that you literally had to be there, okay? And so I'd sit in that lobby, and sometimes you're there for two hours waiting to read some little piece of copy. And there were five. I remember this quite clearly. Five hockey fans talking. Two of them were from Canada. Okay, so right away I write them off as what well, you grew up with hockey the way we grow up with NFL in in the mm -hmm. states. Uh, but the others were also avid hockey fans, and hearing them, I mean, the passion, the love they have of that sport, it's terrific. I wish I could get a little bit of it. I just have not. But as Jenk says, it takes two minutes to learn, but um, I haven't taken that two minutes. <laughs> I, I have like seven stories built up now just on sports. Anyway, my favorite, one of my favorite stories ever told in TYT history was told by um, Tommy Chong. Uh, and Tommy was uh, telling me about his brother. They grew up in Canada. Uh, you, when you think Tommy Chong, you don't think Canada, right? But they did. They grew up in Canada, and and uh, and his brother used to play in an unofficial hockey league with no refs. And he said it was like the most brutal sport oh. you have <laughs> ever seen. And um, and I forget the exactly how it goes, but like he was, his brother was having trouble with his jaw or something and or his skull and he goes in and gets x-rays and it turns out there's teeth embedded in his skull from back in the day when oh. he used to play that in that hockey league in Canada and they would bite and like do everything and somebody broke their teeth off inside his skull I was like that's a badass league that league I would watch. Okay. No, that uh, well, that's a bit hockey. Hockey, I'll pass. 
hockey has undergone all kinds of changes as have other sports to try to protect the participants. But there was almost, this is, and this is actually a comment on so many things within our culture now. There was a, a part of the machismo of hockey that really spoke against, I mean, in an unwritten way, wearing a helmet, wearing any kind of face guard. It was like viewed as kind of a, a wimp oh. move, a weak move mm -hmm. to do that. And so you had guys who were taking pucks to the face, taking, I mean, there, it was a- They looked down was, on you if you had too many teeth. Exactly. They'd be it like- It was almost a point of pride. Are you, you even had playing no hockey? Was, like you still got teeth and you can eat. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nah. yeah, no, I'm out. I mean, I'm I would out. watch yep. that. Or crazy. put a mask on, like, why, like, just be the pioneer. That's like, I'm gonna wear the mask and well, they eventually they did, and they, and I think they, I don't. Now this is a Michael Shore thing or whatever, because uh, we none of us really follow hockey. I think yeah, they legislated name, like it a for players. You know, you yeah. have to wear a helmet, etc. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, no, I, I'm, I like my teeth. So I got no interest in that. It was a badge uh, of honor to not to, to play the game without that stuff, though, without without the mask, exactly. without it, without yeah. So okay. in the old days, <laughs> without teeth at all. Um, <laughs> without so, teeth at all. Yeah. So uh, I don't want everybody to get me wrong. No, I said football and basketball. The, the basketball is super popular. It's got mm -hmm. no issues. Uh, and you said football and baseball initially, but you're revising it to say football and ba and basketball. Oh, then I then I misspoke. I definitely yeah. meant football and basketball. Uh, and and uh, and I will definitely take the soccer amendment. Yes, soccer, obviously worldwide is the most popular sport by an order of magnitude. But here in America too, now people are watching European Cup, they're watching La Liga, they're watching you know the the British League, the Premier League. So this I know soccer is totally hot even in America. Uh, but Ben told me the other day that the A's games are getting like 800 people in the stands. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a brutal. whole other. I mean, the team has a, a whole history that's been going in that direction. But yeah, I, I feel you that overall baseball I mean, attendance is down. But uh, look, attendance at a lot case, of these yeah. events uh, is trickier too. If you have uh, kids, uh, you know, you read about the violence is breaking out in the stands. I mean, it just gets to. Uh, I, I know I'm a worrier, so if I had kids, I probably wouldn't bring them there. I go, you know, we're gonna. On the one hand, I want them to 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 see it, to experiencing, it, and maybe I would blow big money so we have really you know protected seats. Otherwise, I think fights break out and bad stuff can happen on the way to the parking lot, on the way to the seats. And you know, you would say, and I think if you said it, you'd be right. Look, the percentage of a chance of you actually getting into some altercation or having an altercation spill over and affect you anyway is so small. You really just can't worry about that. I think that that is probably accurate, but I'm saying it just isn't good for the image of any of these spectator sports to have this crap going on. You know, that's crazy yeah. that the ho hockey is one of the biggest highlights. It's having them go at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy, yeah. right? No, no. We were talking about prison rape earlier in the show, and like, golly, gee, we just can't figure out how to stop it, right? It's the same thing I always thought about fights in hockey. I'm like, really? You guys can't figure out how to stop it? No, you mm -hmm. want the fights. People come for the fight. <laughs> of course, right? Yeah. If you want it, you can stop it in a second. Um, and so, but to your point, Mark, look, I, I don't really love going to sports. I think some, like soccer is definitely better in person. Soccer, I would go to. Yeah. Uh, you can see the whole field. You just get a sense of the strategy better. It's just beautiful when you're watching it in person. Um, but and baseball is kind of fun in person. Yeah, I, I, just I, calm down. 
You're so European. <laughs> this is such a beautiful like, sport. I, I really I get know, a sense right? of the strategy <laughs> overall when oh I'm in the stands of a soccer game. Yeah, you see them crossing lines. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you know how many soccer games I've gone to in person? Three. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll never forget the way it, the, the strategy was, came was, to life. Dissecting their strategy the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was like in the 90s. Anyway. Um, but recently, because pros in the sports, I've gone to a couple of uh, live games. Uh, but generally, I believe in the Dave Kohler rule, which is best seat in the house on you, is right in front of your TV. Yeah. I completely agree. Okay. I'll completely yeah. agree. Short commute, but, parking's easy. All right. Oh my God! All you parking. can eat. Oh, parking. All you can eat. Brutal. You're, you're paying your save. <laughs> Eighteen dollars. But there is an excitement yourself. about being in the arena, and and I'm telling you, hockey. If you can get to an actual live hockey game, it's great. Uh, again, yeah. I haven't gone in years, but I remember just a terrific spectator sport. It goes from worst to first in terms of how exciting it is, you know, from television to being in the arena. Yeah, Mark. Uh, so I took pro to two games last year. Uh, one was a Chargers Browns game that turned into like one of the best games of the of the year. So that was super exciting in person, and, and like we were so. Yeah, he walked down so he's much closer to the field and he's like, oh my God, there's the players and it's cool. And then we went to the last game of the season, which was really important, Rams 49ers. Uh, and that's where I was like, the whole time I was guarding him to make sure that he wasn't anywhere near a fight. Because Rams 49ers games, fights break out, right? And so, and a couple almost broke out and I'm like, okay, we're maneuvering around the fights. And, uh, and then, uh, so the only thing he caught was COVID. <laughs> Silver linings. He's boosted. Silver lining. He's boosted. He's got a booster. He's good. He's got covered. He's updated on his doses. All we can do. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and you have to sell that to him as a good thing. That's the other thing yeah, about being a father. No. This is good that you have it. Do you see with the booster? No, and with the, no. With <laughs> now, first of all, pros way too smart for that. It, 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 there's no way he'd buy that. But second of all. He he'll take the COVID to go to the Rams 49ers game. Oh, and I see. That's, yeah, yeah. that's not even close to him. There you go. For him. <laughs> All right. And Funny Edwin, things, of course, before before we leave sports, Edwin sent me a a little note about your last baseball game, happened to be on this day, back in twenty two yeah twenty sixteen, on yeah. this day. It's gonna blow your mind, bro. So no, he sent me the same text. I don't know how he does it, man. That guy's got everything yeah. stored in his head. He's got like photographic memory or something. <laughs> he remembered, and I mean, what an incredible coincidence that to this day, exactly six years exactly ago, on this was day. the last uh, baseball game I went to with you guys. And so, um, coincidence? Hmm. Yeah, I, yes. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, correct the answer. Yeah, yes. Much. Uh, <laughs> He so, wasn't invited. Excuse me. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh no, not you, Mark. No, not you. I went. I went with my cool friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, believe me, I understood that based on the story. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's rubbing it in now. Um. So, anyways, uh, we're almost out of time, but I'm going to tell you the other thing that I wanted to bring up, which is I had a thing that day. Anyway, just for the record, I had something going on. <laughs> I wasn't going to go anyways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you weren't going to make it anyway. That's my point. But you know. <laughs> So anyway, sorry, Jenk. What did you want to mention before you? I remember up? you telling me that before I could invite you. Yes, right? even it was when it was odd. I do have a lot of stuff going on, as you might imagine. So yeah. I totally would believe that too. Anyway, <laughs> <Mark Thompson. laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Um, I had so, Mark Thompson stuff going on. Exactly. Yes, Cenk, what is it as we finish so up? I watched uh, I watched that that uh, Golden State game at, uh, at a bar in UCLA, right? And so uh, then what I noticed after the game was, um, wow, man, on UCLA's campus, like Westwood Village and stuff, the number of people who have masks on is like 400 800%, 1600% of the regular public. Like you go anywhere, even in LA now, nobody's got masks on, right? You go to UCLA, all of a sudden everybody's got masks. I'm like, I think the school brought back the mandate. That's why some of the schools are are bringing back oh, the mandate right? for for students. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I was because then since I was thinking baseball is a racial statement, I was thinking maybe the mask is like a political statement. Yeah, we know we don't need it. So what? Republicans are going to wear it anyway. <laughs> I love it's the world the according to Jack. Everything's seen through those prisms yeah. of, you know, is it politics? Is it race? Is it right? <laughs> yeah. It's just that we have the And you're not always wrong either. You're not always wrong at all. But uh, I think that uh, you were seeing the, the masks with people who were outside. They were outside. Outdoors, tons of them. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's why I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I like Mark's new tagline for me Jank Huger, not always wrong. <laughs> not always. No, not on always. those extreme. I, I actually think you're so sharp. You know how I feel about you. But I think that when you pull those extreme lines out, like if this is a was this a racist thing or was this a political <laughs> thing? That's when I think you're really like on thin ice <laughs> uh, or thin icing. But we uh, wouldn't thin, know we wouldn't or how know beautiful soccer is. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you called bullshit on me on that one. That was perfect. <laughs> As if I'm some sort of soccer analyst and have a yeah, British totally. accent. <laughs> well, see, I really enjoyed the match on the pitch tonight. Uh, on the, oh, the pitch, yes, yeah. good knowledge, good knowledge. Um, anyways, uh, so I guess we'll never know. Uh, although some people we know go to UCL, maybe I'll ask him if it's a mandate or not. Because if it's not a mandate, uh, baseball, I'm obviously kidding, but uh, but if it's not a mandate, it's definitely some sort of cultural statement. That that younger people are making, like no, we still don't think it's safe enough. No, we and it's no big deal to wear a mask, etc. So we'll look into it. We will not report back on the next old school because we will forget. Right, or we won't have time for it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll run out of time. Exactly. We'll all tease right. you all about it, but never get to it. <laughs> all right, this was fun as always. Okay, and other people wrote in saying it was fun and the way to spend my evening. Kruger like Freddie, you guys get it. You're all wonderful. God bless. We'll see you next time.